Welcome to the High on Life podcast, where it's all about empowering you with the medicine and the mindset to healthfully lose weight and thrive beyond the scale. I'm your host, Dr. Sasha High. This podcast contains general educational information on weight loss and beyond. Remember that while I'm a doctor, I'm not your doctor. So be sure to seek medical support from a qualified health professional. Welcome to episode 29 of the High on Life podcast. It is wonderful to be with you today. We are going to talk about how to recover from an overeating episode. And I'm going to give you four really practical tips to help you recover well and keep on moving forward. And the reason I wanted to share this today is because it's really fresh for me. Um, This comes after an overeating episode for myself, and I haven't opened up too much about this, but the reason I really love empowering women and dealing with women who, or helping women who have struggled with disordered eating behaviors and binge eating is because this is very personal to me, and binge eating was something I really struggled with in my past. And was associated with a lot of a lot of shame and lots of negative emotions and wanting to hide. And it was actually my husband who reminded me of this recently. He was like, "Do you remember how much you suffered and how much you struggled with overeating and you used to just feel horrible about it?" And it was uh, it was a good reminder for me that that's something in my past that I have overcome. And yet Sometimes I will still have overeating episodes, and that is just life, right? So I'm opening up about that because this is us all just being human, going through life together where it's not perfect, right? So that's what we're going to talk about today. Okay, here's the scenario. So last Friday, and I'm recording this on the weekend, so Friday, we went out for a friend's birthday party, and we are at the end, and hopefully, fingers crossed, of all the lockdowns and the restrictions and everything. And so we hadn't been out for a while, and it was a party that was happening later at night. I'm usually an early evening kind of person. Like, we eat dinner very early. And so around 5.30, I had dinner with my kids because I was like, I am hungry right now. This is when we eat our supper. I can't wait till 8 o'clock at night to be eating. So I had a small supper with my kids. Good intentions, right? Not going into a party feeling starving. We ended up getting to the party around 7.30 and food was being passed around, but we really did not sit down to eat dinner until 8.30 or 9 o'clock at night. This is not my normal eating pattern, right? Not recommended, but that's okay. It was a party. And anyway, I went through the evening and I noticed myself finishing every plate. This is a struggle of mine. I have this mindset that I pick up where I tend to finish my plate. And that's something that I grew up with, something I'm aware of, something I have to actively manage. And I also ate all of the dessert, even though I was not hungry. Like we had had appetizers and it was a three-course meal and I had all of it knowing I wasn't hungry, but I had no plan. I hadn't really thought about it ahead of time. It was just kind of one of those things where I would recommend doing, handling it very differently than how I did. Whatever it happened, ate far too much. We ate until about midnight, woke up the next day, and I didn't immediately notice that I wasn't, that I was, I was kind of beating myself up. What I noticed is I didn't feel great. I was kind of bloated and lethargic. My pants were feeling tight. Like physically, I was uncomfortable. But here was the clue for me that I needed to tune into something. And I wonder if any of you can relate to this. I was grumpy. I was grumpy. I wasn't engaging with my kids. I just wanted to be lazy. I was being impatient towards them. And I, that is what I noticed first. 
And I have started to pick up that sometimes I will notice my emotion before I clue into what's driving that, like what are the thoughts that I'm producing that is driving this emotion. And so I've learned to kind of be curious with myself. And so when I discovered that I was being grumpy or feeling grumpy, I started to be curious about what was going on for me. And I realized that I had this subconscious talk track that was just kind of rumbling in the background of my mind. I wasn't totally clued into it. It wasn't at the top of my attention. It wasn't top of mind at all, but it was going on in the background, driving this emotion for me. And the talk track sounded like this. You're such a hypocrite. You shouldn't have overeaten. You're such a failure. Like, how can you not even do what you teach other people to do? Why should anyone listen to you? Look at you. You failed again, right? And it was really subtle. But all of that going on in the background was making me feel like a failure, making me feel disappointed. I felt a little ashamed of myself. And when I was feeling all of those things, remember, feelings drive our actions, The actions that I was taking was not wanting to engage with my children, being more impatient towards them, kind of like lashing out a little bit at them. So I wasn't showing up for my kids. I wasn't showing up for myself. My brain was kind of elsewhere too, because like there's this talk track in the background. And so I wasn't being fully present with them. And you can imagine the results of that, right? When I'm doing all of those things, when that is my actions, then I am not behaving, right? The result is I create the situation where I don't show up as the person that I want to be, right? So this thought of like, you're such a failure makes me show up kind of failing. That's how that works, right? So our thoughts produce our results. And what I was able to do actually that day with my curiosity and with just tuning into the emotion and then noticing the thoughts that were happening was interrupt that model. And when I say model, I'm talking about the thought model, which is that our thoughts produce our feelings, our feelings drive our actions, and our actions give us our results. And I was able to interrupt it at the level of, okay, I'm feeling disappointment, I'm feeling shame. And instead of going into all of those actions and producing this really negative result for myself, and some of those actions might have included like binging, restricting, lots of things with food as well, I was able to just interrupt it there and be like, okay, you know what? I notice that I am telling myself a story that isn't helping right now. That's driving some emotions that are also not feeling good right now. So what am I going to do about it from here? And I entered to this place of radical acceptance. It was just an acceptance of this is what happened. It was a moment in time. And now I get to decide what it means and what I'm going to do with it and how, what I'm going to learn from it. So that's what I want to offer you is I'm going to frame it in the four steps that I kind of took to recover from that overeating episode. And I think that if you will follow these four steps, what you're going to learn is how to recover quickly, how to bounce back from setbacks or quote unquote failures and do that in a really compassionate way and a kind way to yourself. So here are my four steps to recover from an overeating episode. Step one is to notice the story. Now, when I say story, what I mean is that we have circumstances that happen in our life, and then we have a brain that tells us a story in the form of thoughts to interpret that circumstance. And we, if we aren't careful, we tend to believe that our thoughts are true. Just because a thought comes into my mind, it must be true. It's factual. It means something about me. I need to believe it. And then we get jerked around by our thoughts a whole lot. So I like to imagine it 
as those like canes in the olden days when they would want to pull someone off stage. That's what's happening. When you are letting your thoughts jerk you around, it is this cane that is pulling you around. You're not really in charge of where you want to go because you're just believing all of the thoughts that pop into your mind. So what we need to understand is that our thoughts are a distinct entity from us. So you are you, you are a distinct entity, and you have thoughts. And your thoughts are not necessarily factual. So that's why it's really helpful to kind of paint, to frame it as this is the story that my brain is telling me. So what is the story that your brain is telling you about the overeating episode? So for me, it was like, I ate way more than I needed. What is wrong with me? How can I do this? I'm such a hypocrite. There was also this part of me that was like really victim-y, like, I wish I didn't love dessert so much, like I have, like, as though I have no control over that. Or I wish I could just eat a little and not finish my plate. Like I wish I could be this thing that I'm not, which is very kind of, I have no control. I'm a victim. And then I was having these questions like, why do I keep doing this? I hate that I overeat. So step one is just noticing that story. What is the story for you? What does your brain, how does your brain beat you up when you've had an overeating episode? Or what does your brain make it mean? right? Sometimes it might catastrophize it and be like, yep, there's the evidence, like just another example of how you can never do this. You can never win. You can never succeed in this, right? We tend to extrapolate and like use all of the previous examples of why we keep failing. Maybe it sounds like I'm not being an example for my kids. I've heard that one before. I'm such a failure, right? So our brain comes up with lots of things to use to beat us up and that's okay. It's not helpful but it is just what it is. It's just kind of how human brains work. And I want you to start noticing the story. And you can even tell yourself, oh yeah, look at that story that my brain is telling me. Because what we want to do is just create a bit of distance between you and the thoughts that you're having. So it's not you are your thoughts, it's you are having some thoughts. And once you can kind of create that distance, then you can start asking yourself if this is the story that you want. And I'm going to kind of pause it there because we don't necessarily even have to change the narrative at that point. If you can just learn that it's a story that your brain is telling you and it's not necessarily true and it's not necessarily helpful and it's certainly not serving you, then that gives you an opportunity to interrupt the model where you go into the self-destructive habits because you're feeling shame or disappointment, whatever it is. You can interrupt it right there and actually move into some of the other steps that I'm going to introduce, okay? So number one was just noticing the story. Number two is to resist the urge to restrict. And this is really key, and this is common in terms of people who have binge eating disorder, but it tends to happen with any sort of compulsive overeating tendencies, is that we wake up the next day when we're not having the urges to overeat, and we're like beating ourselves up as well. And so we tell ourselves a story of like, okay, well, I overate last night. I better quote unquote make up for it now. So maybe I'll fast today. Maybe I'll just have a coffee and not have breakfast this morning, and then I'll just have a salad for lunch, right? So we get into these restrict, this restriction mindset where, oh, I overate last night, I better restrict today. And our brains are pretty tricky because it sounds like an appealing way to handle this. Well, I ate too many calories yesterday. I should eat fewer calories today, but is shooting yourself in the foot because what that sets up is this pattern that your brain starts to believe that when you have an overeating episode, then you should restrict. And then the restriction leads to binging because that is just what happens. This is very evidence-based. We know that 
People who typically restrict their food intake are more prone to binging later on. So the goal is really to normalize our relationship with food. We aren't withholding it out of punishment, right? To punish myself for overeating, I'm going to withhold food from myself today. That is very pathological, right? Not helpful. And it's it's like kind of how we've been set up with our diet culture to do stuff like that. So we want to actually work on, if we want to overcome this, we want to work on our relationship with ourselves, where we can trust ourselves not to be punishing and to be a little bit more kind and compassionate. And I hear often from women that one of their goals is I want to see food as fuel, right? I want to have a more neutral relationship with food. Well, that does not happen when you're simultaneously using it as a weapon against yourself, right? If you are using food as a weapon that you're going to withhold it, if you overeat, it just drives a lot of pathology. So not helpful. So really resist the urge to restrict. And what I did is I even... Because sometimes my mind, because I I tend to follow a lower carb way of eating. However, I also don't want to enter into like diet mentality where I have to eat low carb. So what I did is I actually cooked this really nice breakfast for myself. I had eggs on toast. I ate bread. Like I actually actively did that to overcome some of my own diet mentality of like, oh no, I don't want, I don't want to be fearful of bread, right? Generally, I minimize refined carbohydrates. But in that moment, what I want you to hear is I was working on my relationship with food and my relationship with self where I could trust myself to do something that was just going to take care of me, not from a place of punishment and withholding. Does that make sense? So number two is resist the urge to restrict. And your brain's going to come up with all the reasons why this is a good thing to do. I hear it in some of the doctor groups that I'm part of, like, oh yeah, if you overeat, then you can just fast the next day. And like, they make it sound good as though, because they call it fasting, like as though that's a healthy thing. Come on, let's be real. That's just, that's just restriction. Okay. So resist the urge to restrict. Step number three is to focus on self-care. So physically, I I told you I wasn't really feeling great. I was kind of feeling bloated. My pants weren't comfortable. All of those things that we experience when we've had some overeating. And emotionally, I knew I wasn't feeling the way I, I wanted to also. And I knew that my thoughts were creating my feelings. I wasn't feeling emotionally bad because of the circumstance of overeating. I was feeling that way because I was telling myself a story about it. So I knew exactly why I was feeling that way. And so part of interrupting the model of then taking self sabotaging action was to ask ask myself, okay, what can I do right now to take care of me? And what I decided to do was to go for a run. Now, I hesitate to tell you this because I know that some people are listening and they're like, oh yeah, it makes sense. You overate, so you went and exercised. And I did not allow myself to go for a run until I had done some self-coaching because naturally what my brain did was, yeah, you overate calories, let's go burn some calories. And This is the crazy thing of how ingrained diet mentality is in diet culture is I know that it doesn't work that way. I teach this to people. I know that it's not a matter of you can just go out and exercise and exercise will achieve weight loss and it's all a math equation. It does not work that way. And yet that was what, that was the thought that my brain offered me. And I tell you this to just say, just because my brain offered that thought does not mean it was true, right? So I was able to notice that and be like, oh yeah, there it is. There's my brain telling me I should go exercise to deal with the overeating. But what I really wanted to do was go for a run and just make it out of self-care. So I worked on that thinking before I let myself step out the door. I worked on my thinking and I got myself to the place where I was going for a run because running for me gives me so much mental clarity. It's where I get like creative ideas. It's my gift to me because it's by myself. 
Sometimes, sometimes it's with three kids in a stroller, but sometimes it's by myself. That day was by myself. My husband took my kids to like, they do mathnasium and they do soccer. And so I had an hour and I decided I was going to give this gift to myself. And I went for a very slow run where I was not aiming for a personal best time. I wasn't even timing myself. And I just did it to clear my head because I knew that that would be the gift that I needed to kind of get me in a better headspace. Okay. So it may not be a run for you. It may not be exercise at all, but what can you do in that moment that is answering the question, what can I do to take care of me right now? Right? So we're, we're moving towards a self-care and a self-compassionate approach to helping you overcome and recover from the overeating episode instead of the typical kind of downward spiral that a lot of people go into. Because what normally happens with overeating, especially for people who have binge eating disorder or overeating, like compulsive overeating tendencies, is you go into the restriction the next day, you eat like very low calorie foods because, you know, most people are in calorie mindset, just eat salad, just going to have a coffee for breakfast. And then nighttime comes and the binging happens again and the overeating happens again. Then you're beating yourself up against again the next day. Then you're punishing yourself with food. So you're restricting again, then you're binging again. And that is how the cycle happens, right? And that's how binges can last weeks to months. So we want to interrupt that, interrupt that downward cycle and bring it back to, okay, what do I need to do to take care of me right now? That was step three. Step four is rewriting your story moving forward. So I want you to think, would I want to change this if I could go back and change it? If I could go back to that party on Friday night, what would I change? There are times when the answer is going to be no, I would not change it. It was the end of COVID and I hadn't been to a party in two years and I just wanted to do that. If that is your response, if you wouldn't change the circumstance, if you would do the exact same thing again, then here's the thing. Drop the guilt and the shame and the disappointment the next day. It makes no sense, right? We need to own our behaviors because it doesn't make sense to make a choice and then shame yourself for that same choice. So if you would do the same thing again, awesome. Own it, right? Own it and then let all of the negative kind of unhelpful emotions go. If the answer is, yes, I would change it and I wish I had done things a little bit differently, then the, the follow-up question to that is, okay, well, how can I learn from this? What am I going to do differently next time? For me, while well, I wasn't really paying attention, I didn't go in with a plan. And so I was very much led by impulse, right? The indulgence of just kind of giving into the impulse of what felt good in that moment. I also noticed that I had a little sneaky thought, I can get away with this. I can get away with eating this. I can get away with overeating. So I just was able to really curiously start to notice, okay, was it that drove that overeating episode? And you can start doing that too, but you only get to do that. That only happens when you approach this with curiosity and not with judgment. As soon as judgment comes in and the shame and the blame story comes in, you kind of keep yourself in that downward spiral. So that is the step four is rewrite your story moving forward, either by changing how your brain is interpreting it and just kind of owning the decision and that's great and then moving ahead or learning, okay, what was my learning lesson? What am I going to do differently next time? So if you go through these four steps and you can catch yourself and recover quickly after the overeating episode, you will successfully stop the downward spiral. Overeating one night, not a problem, right? It happens to all of us. It happens to me. Does not a problem. Overeating, then beating yourself up, then restricting, then binging, then promising yourself you'll stop, then restricting again, then binging again, and carrying on like this, this is the problem. 
that is what degrades our relationship with ourselves, makes us feel terrible, and makes us feel like we're completely out of control, right? That we don't have control over our behaviors. The other thing is we don't gain 10 pounds from one night of overeating. And for those of you who think you do, you're just gaining water weight. It's not fat, okay? That's just not how the body works. So it's the self-destructive habits that typically follow from not processing, not just kind of touching base with the emotions, not learning how to move forward compassionately. When we don't do all of that stuff and then we enter into the self-destructive cycles, that is what the problem is. That's what leads to the long-term waking when we aren't kind of learning from these things and then we're just take ourselves downward. So imagine what it would be like if you could learn to recover quickly, to overeat a little bit less, to cut down on the frequency of your binge episodes, to develop a relationship with yourself where it's peaceful and supportive and you know that you've got your own back. I think that's one of the biggest things. It's like we have to know we've got our own back. That if I mess up and I have a setback or I quote-unquote fail on something, that I am going to be there for me and I'm not going to tear myself down further and tell myself how terrible I am and how I'm a failure and beat myself up mentally. I need to know I'm going to have my own back. Imagine how much more empowered you will B, to keep living out your healthy habits, to keep on having the confidence to be the best version of you in the world. Imagine what that feels like when you get to that place. That is what I want to invite you into. That is what the women in our Best Weight program are achieving daily, and I want that for you too. You do not have to struggle with shame and feeling out of control and then beating yourself up all for it not to work. That's no fun. I don't want that for any of you. So if you want help to stop overeating, to lose weight, so that you don't have to do another diet for the rest of your life, then you need to get in touch with us today. It's www.highmetaboliclinic.com. We are available to anyone in Ontario, Newfoundland, and Nova Scotia, and soon to be available to everyone in the world when we go global, which is in our next one-year plan, because we want to help you. You can absolutely apply these four steps, and I believe you are going to get a breakthrough in your life. And if you do, I want you to send me an email and just let me know how this has helped you. But if you need a little bit more support and you want to really put a stop to this for good and get feeling control and have peace with your body, then you need to contact us. Okay, my lovely friends, have a wonderful week. Bye. Thanks for joining me today. If you enjoyed listening to the High on Life podcast, please take a moment to subscribe, share, and review it on Apple Podcasts.